turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And folks, I am going to preach a message this morning that has been weighing heavy on my heart for quite some time. And it's not going to be a popular message. It will not be one that will be well received from perhaps a lot of my brothers that are preachers. I believe that many of them will be very upset at what I'm about to say. But this is a particular passage that I want to read. It has always disturbed me, this particular passage. I never quite could fully understand this passage as I do today. So I'm reading from the New King James this morning, and this is what the Word of God says in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and have done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, again, folks, this is a a verse, a, a couple of verses here that are disturbing when you first read it. Who are these individuals? Well, today I'm going to preach a message, and this is the, if I could put a title on the message, this is it. Preachers. In the hands of an angry God, I believe that there's three types of preachers today, and that's what I want to give you. I want to break this down so everyone can clearly understand it. I believe there's three types of preachers. Now, when I say preachers, I'm talking about evangelists, Bible teachers that are God-called to be preachers as well, and missionaries and pastors, anyone who is called of God to preach his word. That's what I'm referring to today. So the first category, the first one, is what I call the hireling. This is someone that is hired to do a job. They're not God-called. They are self-appointed. And I believe that in the Christian world today, there are a lot of people that are self-called. They've called themselves to be prophets and prophetists and pastors and evangelists, but they're not called of God. These would also be false prophets. This is what Jesus warned us would take place in the last of the last days. This is what the apostle Paul warned Timothy and and warned others and warned us through scripture as the Holy Spirit was inspiring these men to write these, these words down not only for the church 2,000 years ago, but for the last day church. And I believe that that's where we are today. So folks, if we go back and we look at Scripture, and Scripture always interprets Scripture, there's a great illustration in Ezekiel chapter 34. And I pray that you will read that whole chapter when you have time so you can better understand what was taking place in Ezekiel's day. In Ezekiel's day, there were there were shepherds, there were there were false 
prophets. There were leaders that were not leading the people. They were not giving them the spiritual direction that they needed. They were not true shepherds of God. They were not tending to the flock. They, and I'm going to give you some characteristics. In Ezekiel, these individuals, they fed themselves. You'll find this in Ezekiel chapter 34. They fed themselves, but not the flock. In modern day terms today, we could say that we have a lot of false prophets that feed themselves, but they really don't feed the flock. We have the prosperity preachers who tell you to sow seed into their ministry, and if you do, that you'll be blessed back. They twist the scriptures, and they deny the the true power of God. And all they do is they teach Christians how to covet things. This is not biblical. This is not what God has ordained for any person that calls themselves a God-called preacher to preach these false messages. But yet they keep rising and they keep coming one after another because there's money in it and they can get very wealthy. And some of these individuals and the most pronounced prosperity teacher has close to $1 billion of accumulated wealth from receiving money from gullible Christians. And this is a scam, and this is of the devil. It's not of the Lord. Some of the other things that these false shepherds in Ezekiel's time did, they slaughtered the fat sheep. They dressed in fine woolen garments, but did not feed the flock. They did not care for the sick, the diseased, or the broken sheep. They did not seek the lost or the scattered sheep. They dominated the flock with force and with severity, and they continued to preach and twist the scriptures, and they would say things like, touch not the Lord's anointed, taking that scripture totally out of context, so you would feel guilty if you didn't sow seed into their ministry. These are the false shepherds of the modern-day times. Now, if we look back to the time that Jesus walked the face of the earth, we had the same thing. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Herodians, all of the religious leaders during Jesus' time, these were all false leaders. They were only consumed with their own power, their own authority, their worldliness, their goods, their financial wealth. That's all they cared about. They didn't care about anybody else. But you see, a true shepherd thinks totally different. So the first group, the first particular preachers that I believe are false preachers today is the hireling. The second group is what I call the tolerating preacher. And this is the modern-day Laodicean preacher. And I believe that the modern-day Laodicean preacher embodies all five of the worst characteristics of those particular churches in the book of Revelation. They have left their first love. At one time, they were probably on fire for God. They loved God. They preached his word. They were excited. Everything was new, and and God was blessing their ministry. And and then they started to listen to some of the the big megachurch pastors who built up these huge congregations. And folks, numbers should never mean that God's in it. Just because somebody has a large following and a large church and there's a lot of people that go there does not mean that God's endorsing it or blessing it. 
We never need to make that mistake. A lot of the cults have large followings, and there's a lot of people that attend cultic churches and false religions. So they have numbers. It doesn't mean that because someone that claims to be a a Christian pastor and he's got great numbers, it doesn't mean God's in it. Don't be fooled by that. But these individuals have left their first love. Now they are allowing and they're tolerating false teaching in the church. And it's been saturating our churches. It's been embedded in our churches now. All kinds of false teaching. We have new Gnosticism coming into our churches today. We have what people call a new revelation or a deeper understanding of God's Word that contradicts Scripture. But most people can't understand that. They can't discern that. They don't pick up on it, and they think, oh, wow, that's a powerful word from God. Well, no, it's not a powerful word from God. If it contradicts Scripture, what God's already spoken, and it does not mean it's from God. You have to understand that, folks. These individuals also allow people who are openly, openly committing ungodly living to work in the churches. We now have practicing homosexuals that come and they're filling up choirs and and working in churches. And again, I've said this over and over again, that we need to love those individuals that are lost and we need to pray for them and and pray that they get saved and they come out of a, an ungodly lifestyle that God is not pleased with. You, you cannot sugarcoat it. You cannot gloss over it. You cannot compromise God's word and say that that lifestyle is acceptable in God's eyes. If you say that, then you need to take the Bible, give it to somebody else, and then you just need to preach from your own heart, your deceived heart, and your deceived mind because that is not what Scripture teaches. But we need to love those individuals, pray for them, and pray that they get delivered and get set free from the bondages of sin. These particular tolerating pastors, they no longer place a high emphasis on God's Word. They don't feed the flock, the whole gospel, the whole counsel of God. They just take bits and pieces where it fits into their new doctrine. And it's just enough to keep people to come back. And they're really not equipping the saints to be ready for spiritual battle and to be out there on the highways and the byways trying to win others to Christ. These preachers, they conform to worldly standards. They're bringing methods of Egypt into the church. They're bringing, now we even see occultism coming into our churches. We have churches that now bring in tarot cards and and Christianized Ouija boards and all kinds of other things, palm readers, and, and we have all kinds of other ungodly things like the Enneagram, bringing that in and teaching people that everyone has different personalities. These are ungodly things. These are not permitted by Scripture And they're not permitted by God, and God will not bless these things. God's wrath will be poured out on these things. God is going to judge a wicked world because of these things. So we can't bring these ungodly methods into the church. And it's been taking place for a long time, and 
and the church is becoming more and more indoctrinated in all of these false things, and it's absolutely a shame. Today, we have pastors that now are replacing the altars with counseling sessions and bringing in psychologists. They claim to be Christian psychologists, but all their methods of psychology come from depraved, ungodly, occultic methods and and men that practice speaking to spirit guides, and they've got their methods of psychology from spirit guides which is no more than demons. And then they bring that in and they throw a scripture in front of it and they bring the same techniques into our churches and tell us that they're going to help us with our problems. When the Bible tells us that we have everything that we need for this life in scripture and that we are to cast all our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us, he loves us. He wants us to trust in him and not trust in devices of men. All these methods that that come from worldly ungodly influences. God wants us to put all our trust in him and not anything else. And unfortunately, a lot of these men now, they, they're spiritually blind and they have little or no discernment whatsoever. They can't see anything. They can't see the signs of the times that we're living in and that we're, the trumpet's about to sound and Jesus is about to come back. And all they want to do is to preach these self-help messages and gullible people listen to these messages, and they don't study God's Word on their own, and they're pretty much retreating soldiers on the front lines of evangelistic efforts. And it's absolutely, it's a shame. And folks, the third type of preacher today is the faithful preacher, the God-called preacher, the one that God separated and called out to preach God's Word without any kind of compromise whatsoever. They are never to do that. They have the heart of Isaiah where they say, God, here I am, use me. And no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances, they will never, ever compromise God's word. They will stand upon it. They will preach the whole counsel of of Scripture, the whole counsel of God. God's word and his standards burn in their souls. And all that matters to them is what? does God say? Not what does Rick Warren say, not what does Andy Stanley say, or what does Kenneth Copeland say, but what says God? That's what the most important thing is to a God-called preacher. They want souls saved, people set free, They have godly discernment, and they know the hour is short and that the trumpet is about to sound and that we have little time left to affect eternity. See, they understand what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. They understand that Jesus was the good shepherd and that they want to be a good shepherd as well, following the example that Jesus left us. I'm going to read these verses in John chapter 10, starting with verse 11. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he is who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf comes catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling 
and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. See, Jesus cared about the sheep. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life through Christ. The good pastor, the good evangelist, the good Bible teacher, the good missionary, the good preacher, the good street preacher, all care about souls and want to see people saved and set free. And they will preach God's word. They will be totally committed, totally sold out. God's word burns deep in their soul and they have to get God's word out. And that's what I have to do today is get this out. And folks, it's very important that we find and we listen to true shepherds of the Lord, to preachers of the Lord, and stay away from the hirelings and stay away from the preachers that tolerate all of these worldly standards, all of the worldly things that they just allow to come into the church. Stay away from them. Folks, until next time, I pray that this will help you, it will encourage you, and I pray that if a preacher is listening to this, and if you fall into any of the two first categories, I pray that you will repent and get back on track and go back to your first love and let the Lord do a glorious, wonderful work in your life. Until next time, folks, God bless you and have a great day.